Welcome, everyone, to the Daredevil podcast by Fantastic Geek. We are the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me is a guy so dedicated to the show that he will sit in a concrete warehouse for hours on end in order to hear quite a lot about the show. It's Pete. Hello, Pete. Hey, Matt. Hello, everybody. Fresh off of New York Comic Con, we bring you the Daredevil panel information here today with uh, the cast and all sorts of news uh, looking back at season one and very much ahead to season two. Now, Pete, normally you're the one to bring the sponsor, but today I've brought a sponsor and listeners to our pop culture podcast who made it all the way through our our lengthy overall summary of New York Comic Con will recognize this sponsor Today's episode is brought to you by Mr. Q. He makes magic happen at New York Comic Con. Thanks, Mr. Q. He does. And coming soon, a um, chain of barbecue restaurants. Looking forward to that pulled pork from Mr. Q. Oh, good pivot there, Pete. So, Pete, there we were. And Jeff Loeb comes out. And it's a pause. In a berserk. main stage at the Jacob K. Javits Center, we should mention, just set the scene a little bit more. Uh, um, Bands, the wristbands for this panel, extraordinarily in demand to the point where we, even as press, because they do not guarantee uh, the press access to this, were worried we would not get to see the thing that we podcast. <laughs> Indeed, and because of some some magic and some luck and some perseverance and some kindness, uh, we, we found ourselves in there. And Pete, despite all the craziness to to get in there, um, and, and the the time waiting for bands and the time waiting in the line to get in because you don't want to be all the way in the back. Uh, we were all the way over on the right-hand side, but we were five rows back. Like, it's the best seats that we've ever had in the main hall, um, period, for anything. Yeah, and what were we treated to in a, in a panel that was a, a Netflix double dip there with Daredevil First and Jessica Jones, which uh, those of you that are, are listening to Daredevil as defenders are probably going to be pretty interested in. We'll get to that a little later in the week. Um, tomorrow, Pete, in fact. Tomorrow, there you go. Because we're, we're not we're recording re- this ahead of time. This is this was recorded an hour <laughs> before you downloaded it, everybody, on Thursday, the whatevereth, and not ahead of time. Actually, isn't it happening right now as they're listening to it? It actually is live. And listen, stop. You know, you know who you are. You <laughs> stop that. Hands on the table. And here we go. Yes. So what happens first, we get treated to three quarters of our defenders assembling on stage there. Uh, Charlie Cox, you of course know well as uh, Matt Murdock, the daredevil. But quickly, hey, he, w- he was in that show that we podcasted on this feed over the spring. Yes. Quickly joining him because separate cast, separate panels, but all backstage. Uh, Kristen Ritter's Jessica Jones and Mike Coulter's Luke Cage, both of the Jessica Jones cast. Luke Cage, of course, just started filming the third Defender series. Matt, no public Iron Fist just yet. 
Indeed, but it was it was certainly a, uh, a great moment. Jeff Loeb led us to believe that it was completely unscripted and that it just popped into his head. And you know what? I will take him at that because he is somebody who always starts these panels doing the boring thing, which is probably really responsible of him to do, which is he thanks the network brass and the studio brass. And we couldn't do it without this. Per- and it's a bunch of names. But, you know, if you're sitting in the audience or if you're watching on YouTube or watching the live stream or whatever, he's tipping his hat to you if you're one of those those power people. Um, so the fact that he did that came out, came back and was like, Yes, sorry, that was totally unscripted. Sorry, Netflix. I just had to. You know, they're all back there. I just had to. <laughs> but I think he realized, like, you know, here they, they work for this carefully crafted media image, and all of the existing defenders just got shown off, and, and that wasn't planned. But he wanted to. Uh, he wanted to go for it. He wanted to. Hopefully, it was the crowd's energy feeding him and all that. And and you can appreciate that type of enthusiasm to be able to bring them in for that. Um, But then it was a question of uh, getting us really warmed up and uh, showing us what was, again, as the panel was billed, a look back at season one, a look ahead at season two. So we got, you know, some, some greatest hits of season one in terms of a little trailer and it then pivoted to our first glimpse at season two for uh, what was a deafening crowd uh, once they started to roll that footage. It it really was, and it was it was a very um, it was a very energetic preview for season two. Which which just to make it clear to the listeners, I know you said it this way, Pete. Just to make it clear. This recap of the last season fed directly into the season two trailer. I imagine that when it officially drops as the season two trailer, it maybe be, you know, two separate parts or whatever. But people were seeing all the familiar footage and look, there's the ninja fight and look, there's the yellow hall fight. And then and then there's D'Onofrio. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't remember the three of them at a funeral. And then everybody realizes this is season two footage. Right. You're seeing new dialogue. You saw uh, the priest. You have to forgive me. His his name escapes me, but father. And, uh, you know, a, a new line out of him. And then you gave it a minute here and you saw a woman put a mask over her face that looked very familiar as far as a comic image and then you saw oh, like a, like a halloween mask no not like a halloween mask more of like a ninja mask matt indeed pulls uh, up the red mask and yeah, people no, went insane no no sigh in her hand but um when you look at her you have to uh at Elodie young just sigh by the way father lantum with an m i was never going to remember that one without looking back at some notes man it's all right it's all right pete i forgive you for your casting sin thank you and then um a couple more images fast and furious before we saw a black trench coated figure uh strolling down a hallway uh deafening at this point again uh reaction didn't see the familiar skull t-shirt um, design going on there for Frank Castle's 
Punisher. But we did see Deborah Ann Wall's Karen Page holding up an X-ray, an oversized X-ray of a skull. So again, this is grounded real world. You know, how, how are they going to bring in the rather cartoonish, I wear a skull on my T-shirt uh, thing going on there. And in fact, Marvel's head of television, uh, Jeff Loeb, had to tell us that our reaction was so loud we even missed the line that um, John Bernthal's Frank Castle had in the little, uh, I, I wouldn't call it a trailer there. I'd, I'd call it a, just a straight up tease. But uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great thing to see and the perfect segue to start bringing out our uh, showrunners and our returning and new cast. Uh, indeed, it was, uh, you know, really was great fun to see them, uh, to see them all brought out. Uh, you had um, first coming out the two new uh, co-showrunners. Yes, Marco uh, Ramirez and Douglas Petrie, alongside, of course, uh, Joe Casada, who's so instrumental with this character and Marvel and, you know, just the direction um, to bring these Netflix series to life. So, I mean, then with that, just one after another, you know, you get uh, you get Elodie Young, uh, John Berthall, um, Eldon Henson, you know, Foggy Nelson, who people were just all of a sudden people are just screaming, Foggy, Foggy. Um, Deborah Ann Wall comes out and there was there. Maybe it was just just the way the light was hitting me, Pete. But was she glowing? Is she an angel? It it certainly (laughs) appeared that way. Um, she was a vampire at one point, not the sparkly kind, though. And uh, Charlie Cox comes out last. As Matt had noted, there was a seat next to Jeff Loeb, but it went unfilled. Unfortunately, no Vincent D'Onofrio this time doesn't, however, rule him out for season two. Um, but yeah, it was just great seeing the cast there, I'd say. What do you say, Pete? There were maybe five, six questions that people from the audience got to ask. Well, before that, you know, usually um, Loeb goes through and, and he has a, a question for each of them. And, you know, to, one to Casada about the character, one for the producers here about, you know, their approach. And uh, having turned it over from Drew Goddard and, and Stephen DeKnight, who did just such a wonderful job kicking off this series, kicking off four series on Netflix with Marvel for the first time, really get props. And, and both of those guys had been in the writer's room and really influential in that first season. And they knew where they wanted to go in season two. They knew they wanted to bring in Electra who was name checked, uh, not directly, but, um, you, you look for it, you know, it's there and, um, you know, the Punisher. So when it came to talking to, uh, Elodie Young question of her physicality came up and the fact that she has a black belt and, uh, she's, she's really, really, uh, well-trained as far as a martial artist. And then when it came to Bernthal, you know, no stranger to this stage, what with The Walking Dead and uh, everything he's done there and how much he lobbied for this part before it was even publicly uh, a known uh, thing, uh, wanted to do it. And 
he he said he knows how much this character means to law enforcement, to the military, and that he must get told 15 times a day, don't screw this up. And uh, really takes it seriously. And I think that's certainly going to come across in the performance. He was surprisingly uh, humble. Not mm-hmm. that I had any reason to think that he was an arrogant man, but there was none of that kind of... You know, in the other stuff that, that that we all have seen him in, Walking Dead being probably the the biggest, yeah, you know, there's just kind of like a cocky edge to him, and right. he definitely looked. I won't go as far as to say deer in the headlights, but there definitely was this kind of like, I believe him when he says he feels a ton of pressure to not screw up this character because no one is complaining about Charlie Cox or Deborah Ann Wall or Eldon Henson or Rosario Dawson, or the season one cast, which may or may not you know, be back to whatever degree. Like, there wasn't a misstep among them. Um, and certainly looking at, at Elodie Young, both, you know, from her beauty, from her, uh, you know, her, her background lends, it, lends itself for her to, you know, to look as though the character is Greek. Um, and then, you know, she has martial arts background, a martial arts movie background, et cetera, et cetera. Like, he's, I, there must be days, you know, as an actor he's like can i do this what i I, now i'm in this is this gonna work um but i mean i i I think there's little doubt that he's well well suited for it definitely and you know talking to eldon henson in terms of his reaction from from people on the street and you know some apparently not capable of differentiating a tv show from real life giving him a hard time about you know uh, not backing and trusting his friend, uh, all all the way to you know um, Deborah Wall talking about what a wonderful influence and in person Charlie Cox is on this cast, and and then you know his discussion, you know we had talked in our previous Daredevil podcast about how he had been given a um, uh, an award by the National Association for the Blind, and talking about the the process there and and that's even where the the first question came from yeah pete it was uh it it was it was a moment unlike any other that we've seen at at a comic-con panel when when that first question was asked somebody who uh who was visually impaired and just talking about his appreciation for the for the series and, and all that the the matt murdoch character means um, and then to hear Charlie Cox talk about that, and as you mentioned, you know, along with that award that he won for the uh, uh, from the uh, American Foundation for the Blind, and some of the prep that he has done with uh, with a blind actor, um, great anecdote out of Charlie Cox that at one point in his training, um, his, his you know his his mentor his, for 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 blind uh, acting. Um, said okay you're ready and had charlie cox put on a uh, a blindfold and the two of them went for for you know walk around the block and as charlie cox said it literally was a case of the blind leading the blind right and then such tests as making a, a cup of tea while blindfolded uh, you know spoiler alert he burned himself pretty bad just the authenticity that went into this role. And it's not surprising. It was uh, Netflix quickest renewal to date, 11 days, Matt. And let's be honest, while Jessica Jones was initially this panel, and then they incorporated the daredevil cast 
into it, uh, partially, I think, because they're ahead of schedule with, uh, with season two and have actually just wrapped. And this is the reason, though, so many people turned out. Any prospect of Daredevil and uh, – of course, there was not a wristband to be had for uh, people to get there. You put these two great casts together, and uh, it, it only made demand that much stronger. Indeed. One more, uh, one more anecdote from me that I got from the panel. Uh, Charlie Cox, and to a, to a lesser degree, Deborah Ann Wall, talking about how because, you know, because the character of Matt Murdock is blind, they as actors are not able to... to as Charlie Cox said, use each other's eyes. Like he can't right, look at react. these other characters to get yeah. things for himself. He can't have a, a a mental rapport in the moment in that way where he's looking at something and, and their creativity as an actor is fueling him um, and how that's really been a challenge. And you saw Deborah Enwall and Eldon Henson in particular just kind of nodding where it's like yeah. y- you, you kind of don't know how to – you're with the person, but you're not with the person in the moment. Oh, I really felt it, you know, because you're not you're not connecting with them, and you know, through the windows of the soul and whatnot. So, just an interesting kind of um, you know bit of acting business there, and how they've needed to figure out how to you know connect in, in, in a different way as part of their performances. And speaking of connection, Matt teased by Loeb, uh, the last time we saw Karen Page and Matt Murdock, kind of. Uh, you know, getting a little uh, close there and that that might continue through season two. Bow chicka wow wow. Well, Pete, I know that we had hoped that that empty chair would have been filled by perhaps D'Onofrio or then I was wondering maybe it's Rosario Dawson who's going to be a, a common thread between that and Jessica Jones. But it remained unfilled. Uh, there was a request. There was a question. Hey, what was it? That uh, the Punisher said in that preview, we couldn't hear it, you know, as as you said, Mr. Loeb. Um, and then they decided to run it again. The, the line I heard Frank Castle say was rage, uh, although it wasn't helped by the fact that the lady next to me decided to talk to her son at that point. Right. Um, but and that's again, what I the, heard. The, the, the screaming again um, to see it a second time and expect where to see uh, particular characters uh, and and people shushing each other and and things like this. Uh, it was hard to make out, but that that he was there, and again, just such faithfulness. You know, that's what Casada had had been asked was about the uh, the outfits. You know, the the Daredevil outfit, and you know, much was made of the the black outfit that was worn for the better part of twelve and three quarters episodes, Matt until we got the more traditional yet updated red uh, daredevil outfit. And it just worked. You, 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 you stopped asking where, where's the red suit. And you know, this, this is daredevil. The character is compelling, whatever he's wearing. So who's to say we won't have a similar situation where, you know, castle doesn't don the skull uh, shirt if ever at all, or, you know, how much of um, Electronachios we get in the uh, the reddish, um, purplish uh, ninja outfit, but we're getting them. That's the great part about it. And we had speculated in season one 
whether both could appear and what heavies to bring in, you know, of course, adversarially, but certainly we know, uh, if you know enough about this universe, that there's other ways that they can interact with our characters. The quickest, briefest snippets that we saw of the red suit from the season two footage, it looks like, you know, the suit from season one worked 90%, but it didn't, there was something that didn't quite click. And just the briefest thing that you could see it just looks like whatever they did they fixed that last 10 percent. even just the profile it still is this you know it's not you know red leather um it's not you know the ben affleck suit it's not you know what'd you expect yellow spandex it's it still is real world but it just looks like they've tweaked it to sit and go yes that's how it looks in the real world um you know which is fine i mean it's it as we discussed for the season one podcast the, the suit didn't exactly fire on all cylinders, but you're, if you're going to introduce it so late, A, maybe you don't quite get a read on it, on how it looks on camera fully until it happens. And then B, you can, you know, hey, it's a year later. Hey, he's he's made those upgrades, whatever it is. You know, you can reference it in story. Um, but certainly super, super excited for Daredevil to return. I know Charlie Cox has said elsewhere that the season two production cycle uh, was the same as season one. So he would assume we're looking at an April release as well. Melvin Potter has uh, outdone himself with these suits, Matt. Indeed, indeed. I wonder if we'll ever hear of Melvin Potter, maybe in any other uh, Marvel stuff, if only in reference. Well, go back and look. <laughs> well, Pete, Anything else you want to say about old Hornhead before we uh, before we kind of put the Daredevil uh, podcast on pause until probably my guess would be maybe late winter, early spring as some promotional info comes out or some dates are announced, etc. Just super excited, uh, especially seeing the reverence that these new cast members uh, Elodie Young and John Bernthal have for this material. They did not get in on the ground floor. He lobbied heavily for this role. Um, they've they've chosen somebody with legitimate martial arts background. So again, the authenticity comes through with her, and uh, can't wait to see it all shake out. Pete, continuing the tradition of effortless transitions, I just want to point out that you referenced. Uh, you referenced Miss Nachos, which sounds like nachos, which are little nuggets of goodness, which is exactly what people get when they follow you on Twitter. How can they do so? Boom! You can get the nachos <laughs> at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, on the Twitter, 6,483 followers. Can't be wrong. What? That seems like a different number than it was for the podcasts we did on Tuesday and when. Ah, this is all recorded chronologically. Don't worry about it, kids. Uh, I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, but you can be in touch with the podcast in a variety of ways. There's the email, the dot com, and the Twitter, all of which are Fantastic Geek. That is fantastic with a PH. But wait, Pete, there's more. There is facebook.com forward slash fantastic geek with the PH, all one word. Like it today. 
With that, Pete, I will say Arrivederci to all our listeners until we meet again on the Daredevil feed and give you the final word. Rage. Rage.